I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnerGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 263 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we get secretive in our personal theme season two by sharing anonymous podcasting secrets. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we say farewell to the Facebook once again. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we have a funny follow-up about the editing mouse situation. Lauren, start the show now. This is Better Podcasting. We are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Welcome to episode 263 of Better Podcasting. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is the fantastic SP. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Steven and I had a great week, and we're so glad that many of you came back to listen to our previous episode detailing what Better Podcasting is going to be in the future. We really appreciate you being engaged in the show still. Absolutely. And hey, if you got something that you want to say to us about the show, you can go ahead and tweet us at BetterPod if you'd like, or email podcast at betterpodcasting.com, or just find it all over at betterpodcasting.com, including the full video companion to this show that we do have because we do stream this live on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. That is 7 p.m. Eastern and a whole bunch of other time zones. But check that out at betterpodcasting.com. Man, we got a fun topic today talking all about anonymous podcasting. We sure do, Stephen. A lot of people have asked us to cover it, so we're going to start right now. In continuing with our season theme of your personal influence on your podcasting, we wanted to discuss some of our experiences surrounding the concept of anonymous podcasting, particularly around, but not limited to, my experience using the pseudonym Stargate Pioneer for my podcast and online endeavors. This is because SP is the important one on the show. Well, the contract says so. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> this was one topic where I was very adamant that we cover and cover early in season two of Better Podcasting. All right. Laid enough of that out there. Tease, tease. There's more to come later on. But let's back up a second. Beep, beep, beep. For those that might be new to Better Podcasting, first of all, welcome. We're very happy to have you listening to our show. Now, the backstory is that I started podcasting using a pseudonym, Stargate Pioneer, 12 years ago. Shocking. I know Stargate Pioneer is not my real name. Sorry to burst your bubble, but my driver's license does not say Stargate Pioneer, although I might have a passport or no, no, no. <laughs> I have no idea that says Stargate Pioneer. In fact, the term Stargate Pioneer is more of my internet handle rather than just a podcast name. But this is the name I chose to start podcasting with over 10 years ago, and I've been stuck with it ever since. Let's press pause for a second, though, on the specifics of my pseudonym, and let's get more general. This begs the question, why would somebody want to use a pseudonym to podcast with to begin with, Stephen? 
Well, let's begin with the one area that we think might be a little more obvious than some of the other things we're going to talk about. And it's that the internet is full of creeps, unfortunately. Sometimes people can kind of feel emboldened when it comes to how they interact with people that they see within the public eye. And the reality is that once you start a podcast, you're now kind of considered in the public eye since anybody can subscribe to your podcast. This is a bit of adjustment that sometimes people have troubles with when they do start out podcasting. But that's the reality. You are now in the public eye. Now, another reason that you might want to use a nickname is if you're podcasting anything about something controversial. It doesn't matter who you are, what your race, religion, orientation, or anything else is. The reality is these creeps that are out there sometimes will target people, dox them, troll them. And if you've got your real information out there, it can sometimes be a little bit easier for them to find. And this goes as far as them finding your family too, because sometimes you might do it for another personal reason related to that, like protecting your family or friends or another association. For example, modern parents have to consider how much online presence they want their children to have before they are of age to make those decisions themselves. And the bottom line is the more that you have online in terms of information, in, in your podcast about yourself, the more you might accidentally give identifying information about your spawn or let's go with children here, right? <laughs> so anonymous podcasting could help protect these close associations. But putting aside personal protection reasons, maybe you just want to use a cool stage name. Now, what are we talking about? Fun fact. Did you know that many of the famous names that you know today aren't their real names? Yeah, we just established Stargate Pioneer is not your real name. That's a fun, <laughs> fun, famous name. Right. Famous. And for those audio listeners, I'm holding up my fingers in those audio quotes. Anyway, some examples include John Wayne. Yeah, it's a famous guy that a lot of older guys can identify with. Right. And gray my beard says I'm old. Right. John Wayne is not John Wayne's real name. It is Marion Robert Morrison. Here's another one for you. Meg Ryan. That's not her real name. I didn't know this until I started looking into it. Her real name is Margaret Mary Emily Ann Hydra or Hyra. I just said Hydra because of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's Hyra. Margaret Mary Emily Ann Hyra. Olivia Wilde. Her real name is Olivia Jane Cockburn. Okay, Stephen, you might like this. Chevy Chase's real name is Cornelius Crane Chase. Who names their kid Cornelius Crane? That's crazy. And here, the last one we have on the list is Tom Hanks. His real name is, well, actually, it's Tom Hanks. He's just that good. <laughs> Maybe you feel like your name just needs a little bit of a pick-me-up. This could be because you feel that your actual name doesn't have a certain pizzazz. We've talked about it before. There's a lot of show when it comes to podcasting. And maybe you feel that that just doesn't really present well. Maybe it's because your name is a little too difficult. As a podcaster, you or someone else is going to be saying your name all the time, probably. And depending on the type of show you've got, you might just feel that your, your real name just isn't the best fit for an audio format. And I'm, I'm saying this because these are some of the things that these famous people that SP talked about have to think about is, is how is their name going to look in the public eye? And it might be for listener reasons, too, particularly if you have people on the same show with the same name. 
remember your listeners are listening to you in an audio format and you might need to differentiate your names between different hosts. Now, keep in mind that with all of these reasons, and we're not lawyers, so keep that in mind. We said that before, we're not lawyers, contrary to SP spending 30 years studying legal work. We're not lawyers. And if what, you know, you, you, you haven't studied 30 years of legal work? I honestly have studied space law, but I am in no means a lawyer. I have not taken any bar. I don't have any other qualifying classes or experience whatsoever. I've studied space law just so I don't end up in jail. <laughs> no, we are not lawyers. We don't give legal advice, but you might need to consider that there could be some legal ramifications by using a stage name. You might have some legal hoops to jump through when it comes to applying this to podcasting, especially if there's money involved. Now, the last reason that we want to touch on today, which we think might be one of the bigger considerations when it comes to anonymous podcasting and hobby podcasters, is that it could be employment issues, right, SP? Yeah, for example, it could be through a personal decision. You might not want your employer to know about your podcasting activity. I personally think that's a bad decision, but I know a lot of people make that. Or it could be their decision. Maybe your employer knows about your podcasting, as they should, but they don't want to associate your theme or your topic with their brand. And keep in mind, this could be for very innocent company protection reasons. And I'll give you an example off the top of my head. If your company brand is, say, a book publisher, they might not want any association with your podcast that happens to be about alien conspiracies. There's nothing nefarious about any of it. There's nothing illegal about any of it. Your publishing employer might actually agree with your podcasting content, but your publisher might wish to keep that association under wraps to maintain industry credibility in the publishing industry. That was just an example. There's probably a few others out there, but we'll just leave it at that for now and move on. So let's say that you've decided that you want to use a pseudonym. What are some of the considerations that you should have? Well, first of all, in our opinion, it's impossible to podcast completely anonymously. Let me say that again. It is impossible, in our opinion, to podcast completely anonymously. Eventually, you're going to run into something that will require your real identity. And the top example of this that we can think of is about payments related to services, for example, your podcast media host. And with the tight-knit nature of the podcasting community, you might find somebody involved with that organization or the podcast media host company. They might recognize your podcast and start putting two and two together. And who might they tell about that? And as far as we know, there is no confidentiality agreement in the terms of services for most, if not all of the media hosting services out there for podcasting. We'd welcome more information about this, but I don't think there is. Another example that you might find is related to promotional avenues. For example, the Facebook, as I like to call it, and that's <laughs> where they started, right? That's, it's meta now, I get it, but they started as the Facebook, so that's how I will always refer to them will want to verify your identity before you can advertise. But the next area we want to describe is an area that is a real possibility for hobby podcasters. In the past, we've talked about how sometimes you can maximize your enjoyment by attending some form of in-person event to do with your niche. 
for example, a convention or a conference. And usually these are going to require your real name. I'll give you some examples, air travel, uh, rental cars, hotel rooms, conference badging sometimes requires an ID. Speakers sometimes are given background checks for both security and content. This all gets worse if the conference or convention is actually paying you to be there to present and providing for your travel and accommodations. They're going to want to know all that. But also, Stephen, there's another consideration. Oh, one of my favorite considerations. It's podcast gear. Yes, a lot of hobby podcasters find themselves buying gear used off of other podcasters. How is that transaction really going to occur if you're doing that? Sometimes you might buy the gear from a local store, possibly, if you're going to buy it new. There's many folks in the podcast industry and music industry that have had the privilege of buying gear from a local gear store. And they might be familiar that some of these stores have sort of a community feel to them. I know the one that I used to go into all the time absolutely had a huge community feel. The salespeople, they got to know me and they started to ask me about certain things. And they even asked me about my podcast when I told them what I was doing with the gear. Well, if that happens to you and you're anonymous podcasting, well, how is that all going to line up? Particularly, if you're going to buy a piece of gear, it's going to be under your real name. It's the sales receipt's going to have your real name. And then maybe you're talking about your podcast. And now they're going to go maybe check out your podcast. And now there you go. They've made the connection. And once again, I'm going to say it. We're not lawyers. That's your disclaimer right there. But we're pretty sure you'll need to provide your real name to submit for such podcast items like a trademark, an LLC, liability insurance, and other general business filings like, hmm, taxes. Yep, taxes. Are you receiving any ad revenue from Anchor? Do you have an Amazon affiliate account? Do you have a Patreon account? Do you have a Buy Me a Coffee account or a Koofy account? I don't know how to say it. It's K-O-F-I. PayPal, do you have one of those? All of these need a real name. And in some cases, even something like a social security number. It differs from where you are in the world, in the America that I live in. It's social security number in Canada. It's something else. But that is your tax identification number. But just like we're not real lawyers, we're also not real accountants. So please consult one if you need advice on how to handle your podcast money or your podcast legal things for a lawyer. Hey, I'm pretty good at accounting. They always talk about counting your beans. I have a whole room that has beans in it. That's what they mean by it, right? No, no, oh. not not the beans that you use for. No, no, not that. Okay. Now let's move on to something that we think is a real consideration when you're choosing an obvious pseudonym. This is the meat and potatoes of what we wanted to really get to today, delving into SP's experience. And the bottom line is kind of if you want to be taken seriously, a name that is an obvious pseudonym like Stargate Pioneer may get you ignored at and dare I say, possibly laughed at, right? Yes, this is something Stephen and I have had a conversation since the get go. Stephen said, SP, you shouldn't have chosen Stargate Pioneer. That is obviously <laughs> not a name, right? You're not that famous to need a name that is like, I don't know, pink or Prince or something like that. Nope. Stargate Pioneer is not going to do it. Being totally transparent. I've had quite a few conversations start up with people in the podcasting industry or surrounding industries about a collaboration. And it hits a stone wall once they ask for my real name, only to be told, 
I go by Stargate Pioneer. Yep, completely silent on the other end. Was it fair? Maybe, maybe not. For better or for worse, some people just literally cannot make that leap. Maybe it's because they think I might be a bot versus a real person. The video on YouTube helps, granted, and Twitch and wherever we post video, granted. But if I wasn't doing that, if I was trying to be completely anonymous and not show my face somewhere, then they might consider that I might be a bot. Internet avatars like Stargate Pioneer were very popular in the late 90s and early 2000s. But somewhere along the line after the early 2000s, it just became something that was no longer done. Those of us geeks and nerds who grew up with the early internet with pseudonyms were overtaken by, we'll just call them normal people, or for us geeks and nerds, we'll call them muggles. So you take your pick, right? <laughs> Plus, with internet policing policies, it was an easy way to combat internet trolling and hate by mandating real names and verifying identities. And also along the way, companies started to figure out they could sell your data if they knew your real name. So more and more services required a real verified identity. So that started to change in the late 2000s. So if you wanted to go the route of using a pseudonym or a stage name, we would recommend choosing something that seems more normal. Instead of Stargate Pioneer, I could have chosen Steve Peters or to Hollywood it up, as we talked about before, I could have been Shane Phoenix. Oh, your Christmas card is getting written to that this year. <laughs> but simply choose a name that sounds normal to the average person. Even if it isn't your real name, it is highly unlikely that people in services won't look into it unless there's some sort of monetary transaction going on. We would also encourage you to look at the space that you'll be creating content in and try to choose something more original. When picking the name, consider, how's it going to sound? How will it feel in your creative space? What about branding? Is there any other web presence considerations, such as a future personal website under the name? And full disclosure, I do own StargatePioneer.com. Will it be easy to spell if people are trying to reach you? That is a good question, because there's all sorts of really odd spelling and, and stage names nowadays that... I couldn't spell it if I didn't have the internet to look up, right? So yeah, make sure if you want people to be able to search for you, that is easy to spell and to say. But keep in mind that if you do choose a pseudonym, you won't be able to pass a background check. You just won't. And if you are podcasting based on your real life qualifications, you'll need to show things like employment data, academic degrees, professional certifications, industry awards if you want any, just to name a few. So if you are trying to hide from something like a sex, gambling, drug use, or crime habits, it's just not going to work. Podcasting might not be the wisest choice for you. Think really hard about making the choice to podcast if you're in that situation. Seriously. And if it's going to get you fired and you need your job, it's not worth podcasting over. It's just, it's not. So that is our advice. That's our opinion. But we've also seen it happen. So it's not that we're talking like theoretically. This is real. Now, since we're talking about sort of employment and whatnot, for the most part, we would recommend that you do check with your employer before you start podcasting to see what is and what is not allowed 
Now, you don't always necessarily have to provide all the details, and it may not be the best depending on your work agreement, but you probably want to find out what the rules are when it comes to your main employer. It could be a social media policy or something like that. In some cases, your employer may allow you to podcast, and in some cases, maybe even within the industry, or maybe it might be more tightly controlled if you're talking within your industry. Most companies should already have policies in place as far as internet presence goes, because really social media is a thing in day-to-day -day life. They may not, though, have an exact podcast policy, so you might have to extrapolate based off of that. And in some cases, your employer will just tell you to have fun as long as you don't talk about your specific workplace or maybe even the industry. Now, while we're talking about employment, you should consider about how your pseudonym could possibly affect career goals. For example, if you're a hobby podcaster and you have career goals that may need to leverage your podcast experience, you got to think about how is this going to translate later to the job application? This might actually go either way for using a pseudonym. On one hand, it could make it harder for a potential employer who is trying to look up that podcast and that experience podcasting if you're using a different pseudonym. On the flip side, your experience of using a pseudonym might help you be able to show that you like to keep your work and your podcast experience independent and as long as they can somehow verify that what you're saying about your experience is true, they might actually appreciate that. Now, putting all of that together, when you're starting out a podcast, you might want to consider what could happen if you need to start with the pseudonym, but later change away from the pseudonym. Fun fact, this kind of happened to me. You may have heard me mention a long, long time ago, I did a comic book podcast, but did you know that I originally was not a host on that podcast? No, I was a producer and editor for it before I finally grabbed the microphone. This is because this whole comic book podcast started from a website that I was doing a little bit of other work with and had some articles and things that were written on it. And I had chosen a pen name, you heard of that, a pen name for the site. So when the podcast started, it made a lot of sense for me just to carry that on as the, the producer credit. But along the way, I did decide to start going under the proper name of Stephen John Drew. And part of that was for some of the things that we have discussed. And part of it, quite frankly, was because I thought it would be really odd to get behind the microphone and respond to a different name during regular conversation. I would have hated to have somebody set me up for the perfect segue, say my stage name, and me go, oh, oh, that's me, that's me, I forgot, that's me. So it kind of made sense to change over at that part. But, you know, that's really enough about me. Let's, let's go back to the, again, the more important part of this show, SP. Why did I want to go with Stargate Pioneer to begin with? Let's just say I had my non-illegal slash legitimate reasons that included internet safety, employment considerations, podcasting simply wasn't as known as it is today, wanting to be more accepted in a geek-like community. And it was what I did and still do aspire to do. I want to go out and I want to explore the universe, Stargate Pioneer, pioneering through Stargates. But things have changed now. So a lot of those con uh, considerations are either a great deal less than they once were or simply non-existent anymore. 
And because of those changes, I will only be known as Stargate Pioneer from now on as my internet handles on places like Discord, Reddit, Twitter, and Instagram. Call this branding, if you will. There's no need to change those account names that have been established for a decade now. I don't need to do a rebrand. As of this podcast, SP is officially now my real name. SP Rupert. That is my real name. Yep. We've been saying for years, my name is SP. Stargate Pioneer, SP. See what we did there? Oh, I see. It's tricky. It was the same thing, but different. Yeah, that's right. It's what my dad has always called me. It's what my close friends call me. So yes, please call me SP from now on, as many of you have for a while. And for those of you who have been observant, as some of you have been to me privately out of concern, SP Rupert has been soft launched for all of 2022. I've waited to officially and publicly announce this on Better Podcasting out of respect for the Better Podcasting community. I would like to thank everyone for so diligently looking out for me and my real name for literally years, like a decade. More often than not, if I connected to you on Skype or we shared a Google Doc or I shared payment information with you, Everybody who I've done that with has been so kind to not only keep my real name in confidence, but also told me to watch out that I had actually shared my real name. That has been touching to me for years, and I really sincerely thank everyone from the bottom of my heart for looking out for me like that. I really do. And as a last bit of reveal, we know that some of you either will not or cannot accept SP as my real name. That's just the way it is. So just this once, we're going to say it on the podcast that my full non-initial base name is Scott P. Rupert, but no one calls me that. I would prefer that you call me SP Rupert or just SP. So there is your big reveal. Stargate Pioneer is simply SP. What a reveal. So with all of that said... We asked our community for feedback about the use of pseudonyms and nicknames, and we want to recap some of the comments that we had. We had on our Discord, Yakko say, I've always used my name, but in our intro, we mentioned our nicknames, i.e. Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko, so people will recognize us when they interact online. Oh, that is such a good idea, bridging the two together. And Anthony from Capes on the Couch said, my co-host uses a pseudonym. It's to protect him from getting calls at work from listeners who may want to talk to him about something from the show. It's also to keep his job from trying to have to a say in the show. So if or when he changes jobs, he might use his real name. And I literally told Anthony, I thought that Doc Issues, that's his name. I thought that Doc Issues was actually his real name. Anthony didn't say anything after that, so we'll just leave it at that. But I actually was shocked that Doc Issues was not his real name. You might have heard this name before, Damien the DM. He said, my show intro became my pseudonym slash nickname. I didn't start using Damien the DM until I started introducing myself as I'm Damien and I'm the DM in our show. For those of you not familiar, Damien has a Dungeons and Dragon podcast, and I've never played so so I know DM means dungeon master. 
That's as far as I know. I think maybe I'm wrong. He's the one that runs the game, and he's also the producer of the show. Original Waffles in our Discord. He does the Play Comics podcast on the Guinea Geek Network. He's also a co-host of mine on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. He said, SP tends to refer to me as Waffles when he talks about me, which is totally understandable since the Chris Farrell is already Chris to him and kind of lines up with why there are people in real life who call me Waffles. Which Original Waffles is is a long story. Go ahead, go to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord if you want to ask. We also had Boba Fett ship in the Discord say, my name is David, but years and years ago, I was involved as a listener in a podcast. There were two Davids that wrote in often. So to distinguish myself, I called myself Dave from San Diego. Then as I got involved again as a listener to additional podcasts in that space, there were Lost related podcasts on the TV show Lost. I kept using Dave from San Diego because there were a couple of us that were providing feedback to multiple podcasts in the space. With Lost-related podcasts, there is one that was active until just recently, I continued to use the name Dave from San Diego. My big issue is that on comic book-related podcasts, I used DC Dave, as in DC Comics. Sometimes I use DC Dave from San Diego if I'm trying to be clever and potentially in both spaces. But that's how I generally identify myself. Of course, now that I've participated on the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. show and SP has referred to me as Boba Fett ship, I've got an identity crisis going on there. Multiple identities. Yeah, maybe you need to see something about that. See, this this is what SP does. He just invites you on the show and then he'll go and he'll just assign you a new name for you to use. That's what he does. By the way, as we are recording this, I know it'll be passed when this is published, but we are thinking of Boba Fett ship because he is in the middle of Hurricane Nicole right now. So we hope and wish him well. And the last piece of feedback that we want to mention is uh, a long term acquaintance of ours, and it is from somebody named Beef. I love yes. Beef. I love Beef's name. Beef said the following. So I don't really know where to start on anonymous casting other than it was all most of us knew. We started podcasting in a time when message boards and forums were huge, and most people were known by their nicknames or handles. After interacting with people for years online, when you do finally meet, it can be hard to save their real names and long-term memory. One of my best friends gave me my nickname in seventh grade, and it stuck. Most of my friends and my family know me and refer to me as Beef. Even on holidays, while playing dice with my family, my mother calls me Beef. It has become more than a nickname to me. It is like another persona, both sides of me. Years ago, when we first started casting, it was a bit of a daunting field. There were so many unknowns. It was just easier to use my second name. So I rolled with Beef, and I never even thought of looking back. Nowadays, I don't mind if people find me online. It's kind of like a little scavenger hunt. <laughs> which he does a lot of scavenger hunts, by the way. Honestly, in the beginning of my podcasting days, I was a bit unsure of most of it, from my content to my opinions to how people would react to it all. But now that I've been doing it for years, I am less concerned with how my opinions or thoughts are received. From one podcaster to you, my friends, Beef, a.k.a. Matt Gastro, and you can read my real name if you like. Thank you very much, Matt. I will always call you beef. 
Which, by the way, can I just say that I've I've crossed over with Beef quite a bit for quite a few years, and can, 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 I, I'm always hungry whenever I talk to him. How, how can you not be hungry when you're talking to some guy, some guy named Beef, always who lives in Wisconsin in the land of cheese and beer? <laughs> and the last thing that we wanted to run down is in our live chat because we do stream this show live on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. We had Gregory say, "I thought about creating a nickname." But it's too late now. I talk about overcoming addictions and my journey to sobriety, and sometimes things get hard. I've published 127 episodes so far, and people know me after four years, so I might use a nickname for future projects. So there, nothing says you don't have to cross over podcasts, and you could use different names. Now, if a listener does happen to stumble across both of your shows, they're probably going to recognize your voice, and they might connect the two, but that's not a big deal. Thanks for chiming that in in our chat there, Gregory. Thank you very much. And then to equate what you just said back to beef, the dude's done literally thousands of podcasts. He's just done 600 Legends podcasts. They just recorded that the other night. So congratulations on all your achievements, buddy. There's no way that people will refer to him as anything other than beef now. We would like to hear from other community members about their podcasting endeavors with pseudonyms or first names only. We would love to hear about your considerations, your challenges you have faced. And did we not cover an important topic of podcasting anonymously or with a pseudonym slash nickname? We would love to hear what it is. And if you need to reach out to us privately, we would be honored to have those confidential conversations with you. But we would also love to be able to tell our audience about your concerns, suggestions, and solutions if possible, so we can whitewash it as much as we can. But we would really like to hear from you. This is a topic that comes up a lot with better podcasting over on the Reddit Discord in our, uh, or the Reddit Discord, Reddit subreddit that I'm on, the R Podcasting and our Discord. And while you're sending that in, we'd love to hear you have some feedback, hopefully, about our next week's topic, which is all going to be about how has your personality affected some of the choices that you've made for your podcast? And how did it shape your podcast? If you have any thoughts on that question, please do email us as well to podcast at betterpodcasting.com or tweet us at betterpod. Come on over to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. Or you can just find SP in a parking lot behind the bushes. And now you can go SP. Oh, wait, you were saying that before. Let's go ahead and head on to our better podcasting download, where we're going to talk all about Facebook live audio groups going away. This is the better podcasting download. I ran into this story of Facebook audio groups. I'm not on Facebook as Stargate Pioneer, so don't bother to find me there. And I've never used their audio rooms. I've never used uh, Twitter spaces. I haven't used any of the things on Instagram or whatever. I did walk into Clubhouse in the early days and just heard a bunch of business to business stuff. So I backed away. Not that hobbyists couldn't use it, it just didn't seem right to me of how it was being set up. Facebook audio groups will be going away December 1st, 2022. I'm a little shocked at this. Not really. I'm shocked, totally shocked, not really, about this because Facebook is not set up for audio only chat rooms. Matter of fact, all social media is not set up 
It's set up to be a visual media. So when you start going audio only in that same space, it's just the juice is not going to be worth the squeeze to them. You're not going to get enough throughput to do it. So starting December 1st, you'll no longer be able to create or host a live audio room in a group. And starting on December 12th, 2022, creators will no longer be able to download recordings of past live audio rooms. You'll no longer be able to download a list of your activity as a creator, speaker, or listener. And you'll no longer be able to replay a recorded live audio room. And there's a whole bunch of instructions on how to download recordings of your live audio rooms that you've actually created and how to download that list of activity as a creator, speaker, or listener. And it states the post on Facebook anyway that announced this said, as an alternative to live audio rooms, learn about audio channels where group members can drop in anytime to talk to each other. Note that audio channels are not available to all groups or people at this time. So maybe the capability is going to transition to these live audio or audio channels, excuse me. And I don't know, but like I said, Twitter spaces, Clubhouse, Telegram voice chat, Reddit talk. I think out of everything, Discord stages and Reddit talk, maybe Clubhouse if it continues on, but it's kind of gone by the wayside since the start of the pandemic and it was really big for about, I don't know, three months. I'm thinking that those places which are textual in format, so like Reddit and Discord, which yes, there's a visual component available there, but for most users, it's textually based. So I think that's where the audio would succeed if it was going to. That's just my thoughts. And to go back in history, let's talk about when we first started podcasting, Stephen. What was there back then? There was this thing called Ustream, which was the only way that you could stream out into Mm -hmm. the internet and have your audio heard by people. It had an integrated chat room. I don't know how much it cost. I don't know if there was limitations on the length or anything like that. I used Spreaker for quite some time. Matter of fact, when Better Podcasting first started, we used my Spreaker account to broadcast through their audio. And then, of course, there's Discord, which you can uh, broadcast your audio through like a recording room or an audio chat room or something like that. So... Yes, you have that. But then when you combine that with the business to business space, which includes marketing and infomercials and stuff like that, it just gets overtaken with spam. And it just it never succeeds, in my opinion, over the last couple of years. Stephen, I know you're chomping at the bit to say something. So I'm very interested in hearing your thoughts. I think that this is sort of the result of a shift. And what I mean by that is that, yes, there was a bit of a time there and it was a weird time because it came after like the the whole Hangouts thing, which was a fairly technical base as far as people being getting together in, in a group video to do some form of chat together. There was a time where all of a sudden you did have these sort of random folks dropping into these these big audio booms. And it wasn't that long ago that, that, that this happened. But I think the shift is actually going back towards video, particularly in the sense of TikTok. So people who are trying to get into this sort of like group audio thing, because remember, the, the group audio thing was not necessarily just for like a broadcast thing. Like that's the problem with it. It didn't have... Facebook didn't have any clear strategy for it. People were using it in a bunch of different ways. And some were more produced, some were not produced. And I I think this sort of like people joining together, 
I don't know. I, I think, I think we're past that. And I think you're looking at more, more casual, like people doing TikTok lives where, where they can join in. I don't know how I've seen them on there. I've seen different people on there. And, and I, I just don't see the market for this anymore, which is why it's going away. But um, I, I think that is part of this whole problem with online streaming, online video broadcast, you know, even uh, video podcasting, things like that, is that there's all this overlap that started to happen and, and all this cross-pollination of people thinking that one platform would work for everything. And now they're all finding out that it's not. And so I think that divide is coming back. Are you just trying to get online and hang out with a few random people? Or are you trying to do a show like this where you're live streaming something semi-produced? I think, I think that divide is returned. And if I was to use an audio chat room for podcasting, I would want a separate track for each individual that was speaking. I just am in the middle of an audio edit of the last Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We had five hosts on there. We got five successful independent tracks on that, which is awesome. It does make the post-processing more difficult. It's definitely taking longer to do that, but I'm going to be happier with that end product. There are some people that just like to rip it and forget it, and they'll just record that stereo track and they'll upload that. That's for them. For me, I'm in always in a competitive space and I want my end audio to be more superior to put me on that peg up. It's not just vanity on my point to get a better audio sounding show. It's that it's a competitive edge that I have above other shows. So I'm going to use it. We would love to know your thoughts. Come on over to any of the places we previously mentioned, and you can find a lot of that at betterpodcasting.com. Let's go ahead and get into the better podback. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. Oh, I'm looking forward to this follow-up here. We'll get there in a minute, though, the exciting part. Not that Damien's message here isn't exciting, but th there's a, a, a funnier follow-up. We had Damien in our Discord say, I want to clarify that for my editing, I use an MMO mouse with 12 assignable keys on the side for my thumb on my right hand, and I, bracket now, and bracket, use a contour shuttle on my left hand. The shuttle also has programmable keys, but has the shuttle ring and jog wheel for moving about the timeline before the shuttle, which is relatively new addition. I was using a programmable gamepad, specifically the Razor Orb Weaver. If people want, I can give a breakdown of how each device is set up to describe how it fit into my editing flow. For the most part though, I can edit with each hand stationary on its device without having to travel to the keyboard very often. And then if you go to our Discord, you can find a bit of a follow-up where he did talk about that. But this brings up a good point because this is all about how SB was seeking a, quote, editing mouse, end quote. That was the, the question he had asked. That's the question we put in episode 262. We asked all about that. And I, I don't know, I hadn't, I hadn't bought a, quote, editing mouse, end quote. So I didn't, I didn't have much thoughts about it. So, so I, I didn't really chat much with SP other than what you heard on the podcast. And, and I understand you made yourself a little bit of a purchase this week. 
Indeed. So as I was editing this past weekend, I was getting fed up about how long it was taking me because I would have to click on a track and then I would have to go down in Vegas Pro to the bottom and actually click on like a start trim, an end trim, or a split on the track in order to make the adjustment that I needed to. So I literally stopped editing like several times. I'm like, ah, oh, this sucks. So I started doing research into programmable mice. There's a lot of gaming programmable mice. There's a lot of editing programmable mice and pads. So I was doing some research into that and I went back to editing for about five, 10 minutes. And I'm like, this sucks. So I went back to looking for it. And I did this back and forth about five times. I'm not kidding. And then finally, the second day, so this started on Saturday, on Sunday, I went a couple of times. And I was like, I'm just going to buy one. So I looked at several of them. I chose the Logitech G604 programmable mouse. And I sent it to Steven. No, wait, Steven, what are you doing with my G604 programmable mouse? For the audio listeners, uh, I was holding up a G604 mouse myself. And what is hilarious about this is SP goes to our Discord and he goes, I've made a purchase, Logitech G604. So we hadn't talked about it. I actually own a Logitech G604, but because he said editing mouse, didn't even occur to me, didn't even associate the two things together that that would be sort of something that he'd want to do. It's something I bought over the last year because I had a couple of issues going on with my one mouse. I wanted this one for a couple of different reasons. And so just coincidentally, he actually bought the same same mouse that I happen to have. Now, I'm continuing down my stream deck idea for the editing that I talked about last week where I'm forcing myself to do it. I think I will likely end up following in line with this because I don't know. I didn't really think about putting the buttons on there if I'm being totally transparent. And the fact that <laughs> that SP is doing this now and he he bought a mouse for that. I, I talked about my issues using the stream deck to edit compared to when I had a keyboard with hotkeys. Uh, I, I think I'll probably find myself doing that eventually. But for now, for research purposes, for being able to speak about the editing practicality compared to my previous experience, I'm forcing myself to use the stream deck for editing. And SP, you have already started to edit with the Logitech G604 using that as specific edit functions on the buttons, right? Sunday, I ordered this thing at 10.36 a.m. At 3.24 p.m., it was on my front porch. It was through Amazon, unbelievable service. I'm, wow. I think it's holiday-inspired, their delivery, but I'm not going to speak to that. I did get it, and I immediately started using it. It took me a little bit to set up. I already kind of knew which keys that I wanted to do, and it really depends on how your editing flow goes. What are your most actions that you do? On Vegas Pro, when I'm editing, my most actions are split, trim, end, and trim, start. So I programmed, I have six side buttons that I can use on my right thumb. I programmed three of them to do those very things. I programmed one of them to do a undo because, of course, you make mistakes and you need to undo it. And then I did several other things, like there's two buttons on my right index finger on the left click that I programmed to be space bars. There are ways that you can program this. There are different mouses out there. I don't know how you can program all of them, but you, this mouse that Steven and I have 
You can program with existing commands, hotkeys, or macros. I ended up having to use macros because it just wasn't in their library of the other things. In essence, what you're doing is you're shifting actions that you normally would do with a mouse and a keyboard to one button pushed. And I started using that. And even though I was slow because I was learning to do the thumb thing, I was tremendously speeding up my editing. I mean, the only other thing that has been of more value to editing and my better experience and faster experience editing has been my ultra wide monitor. This by far, by far is the single second biggest purchase that I've made. And I've only been using it literally for four days. This is incredible. I can't believe I didn't use this before or look into it before. Amazing. Now, I asked Damien about his shuttle and what he does. I still use my keyboard. So I have my left hand on my keyboard and my right hand on my mouse. What he's doing is he's using that shuttle on his left hand and he's using his programmable mouse on his right hand. So he's kind of doing the same thing that I'm doing. He's just substituting the shuttle for the keyboard. And I could see myself eventually doing that. But for right now, I just want to get into using the mouse and the keyboard. And if you have not done that and you do repetitive editing tasks, I implore you to look at a programmable mouse and just check it out. It is awesome. I will slightly go off of that and say programmable something that is easily accessible. And the reason I say that is because I, I know the feeling you're talking about. I, I got it when I started using macros on my keyboard. Like I, I know exactly the feeling and I haven't done an A to, A to B comparison between the mouse and the keyboard, but just the fact that I had my hand on the keyboard all the time, it was, it is as long as it's something that works with your workflow where you're not, having to travel too far from from what you're doing. I think you'll find a huge improvement. And for me, because I always had my hand on the keyboard like you do, it was just my pinky that just hit hit basically those hotkey buttons with the keyboard I bought. The mouse, I, I don't know. I think I think that could be uh, probably, I think it probably is a step better because my hand is always moving the mouse. Now, with that said, there's one hotkey that, that you did not mention that if you have the room, I would highly highly encourage you whatever your hot key is i would encourage you to put a control s or a command s a save key because this is something that when i was using it uh, on my macro keyboard it was the bottom left key and i just like where i noticed it was when i started doing video editing and stuff for my workplace and i didn't have it i'd lose projects and i'm like why why do I lose projects at work, but not at home? Oh, wait, it's because I'm always hitting that save. I do a little change and I just force a habit, save. Do a little change, force a habit, save. And I, I didn't have that hockey at work, so. I'm pointing to the very key that I know I'm going to use. It's the bottom uh, foremost row on the thumb pad that I'm going to program for that. That's a great suggestion. Thank you for making it. So if you've had any experience with a uh, editing mouse or a hotkey mouse or hotkeys or something like that, we'd love to hear from you. What is your experience? Uh, apparently, SP and I are both fans of it. We also had, unrelated to this, uh, Anthony Caves on the Couch podcast say, oh man, missed out on a How I Save My Podcast moment by forgetting to record a backup on my roadcaster. And then didn't realize that for some reason, Audition stopped recording after 20 minutes. 
lost about half hour worth of audio. I suppose I can still salvage it because my co-host recorded his audio on his end. So I just have to re-record the parts where I was speaking and then splice it together. But it's annoying more than anything else. Ugh. There's so much to unpack here. First, if your co-hosts have the ability to record and they're not, I would highly encourage you to ask them to do that. This has come up in both SB and my endeavors many, many times where we had to grab somebody else's audio. It's happened before um, or the reverse where somebody you've been we've been on someone's show and it went wrong and whatever. Uh, the second thing is, yeah, if you if you have a hardware recorder and you tend to, for whatever workflow, record through software, we'd encourage you to get in the habit of recording hardware recorder. It's just something that that we have, in our experience, had this happen so many times for a very, very long time. I was only doing software recording and it happens and it sucks. And I'm so sorry to hear that, Anthony. So funny enough, I don't think we talked about this, Stephen, but on Saturday when I was recording Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., there was a big windstorm. I know you've recently had a power outage and I told all my co-hosts I might disappear during this podcast. I didn't. I stayed the whole time. Michelle, though had her power go out and it was not planned. It had no warning in the middle of the podcast, literally all of a sudden she was there and then she wasn't. And then she came back and I was like, oh, five people, one track. Okay. I, I can do that. It's not her fault. It, it really isn't. It's just, I'm glad I've got my recording, right? Whoa. Her zoom recording that she was taken on her H five saved and for some miracle, her audacity recording that she was using on her computer saved. So she was able to save two tracks for the beginning. They're both hers, a prime and a backup. And then she restarted before she reentered. And so I had all those. So I didn't lose any of her <laughs> audio. I probably heard missed a lot of her swearing when the power went out, but I didn't need to see that for the edit. But that was amazing. And not all she doesn't have a back a UPS or anything like that. So I have no idea why everything saved. It was awesome. We also had over on Mastodon had Diami at twit.social say I actually began my social media adventure to claim my actual name. However, I'm excited to hear about people anonymous names. Ooh. Hmm. And probably looking for a Stargate Pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, we had on YouTube, Chris Jonesy. I agree with bringing feedback earlier in the episode and highlighting real-time comments. I find that it helps an episode feel a little less scripted, more, more conversational, not controversial, maybe a little of that, and improves listener engagement. Oh, and welcome back. And we also had Gregory say, I missed the live show, but I'm glad you're back. Also, I agree with Chris's comment. I like the idea of having the podcast sound more conversational. I wish you luck and best to you both. And Gregory joined us tonight. Yeah, thank you very much to both of you for commenting on the YouTube video. Really appreciate that. And uh, ironically, Chris, your comment came at the end of the show, but that's just where we had it in this show. We could have easily had it right up front. So thank you very much for joining us with this episode about anonymous podcasting. And we hope you enjoyed the little reveal we did. As a reminder, from now on, I will be going by SP or SP Rupert. Please call me that. And we will just have fun with that from now on. So for episode number 263 
of Better Podcasting. I'm Stephen John Drew saying, I just don't know how I'll get used to calling you SP. <laughs> and I'm SP saying, really looking forward to our next topic. If you have any feedback on how your personality or personal things have impacted your podcast, we'd love to hear it. See you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.